Nobody warns you about the potential relationship pitfalls that occur after the arrival of children. You may seem prepared with the nursery items, daycare options, and the state-of-the-art crib, but have you prepared for the added stressors to your relationship? Hi, I'm Miranda, a Gottman-trained couples therapist. And I'm Aaron. I work in the financial industry, and Miranda and I have been partners for over 20 years. And we've had our fair share of ups and downs ourselves sure after have. becoming parents. Join us as we sit with couples sharing their experiences of how love has changed since the transition of children. Whether you are trying to conceive, currently pregnant, already have children, or experience loss and infertility, this podcast will showcase authentic, real couples, just like yourself, who are navigating love after lullabies. I will also share communication tips and tricks from my experience of working in private practice for over 10 years in the state of Oregon that can help maintain and even improve your relationship. Thanks for joining us today. We hope you get something out of today's episode. Today. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so we decided for our first interview, we interviewed two friends of ours. Named Steve and Marissa. And we've known them for a while. They're very close friends of ours. We don't see them as much as we'd like to. They live nearish us to us. Um but we've known we've known Steve really well since high school, but um Steve and I have known each other since pre first back in the day. Yeah. Yeah, and it's it's interesting to say we don't we don't see them very often. It just it makes me think of different not only like different stages where you as a couple before kids but after kids sometimes you know your friends they they take a backseat position sometimes you know where as an infant that's that's your whole world is keeping that baby alive and then as they get older um you get a little little bit more time as a couple again yeah so yeah so we have two kids eight and five that's their age and they have one kid one daughter who just turned one so um, so yeah, we have been in kind of different stages of life, but it was really lovely talking to them. I was very nervous throughout the entire interview, very nervous. And I think it was a theme with like other friends that we've interviewed just because I don't know, I felt like the spotlight was on me, but, um, I wanted it to go well and it did go well, but yeah. it was really fun chatting with them. Um, I have really like exciting fun things about this episode i'm not gonna like divulge in them now because you gotta listen but uh they have rules for their relationship yeah that were amazing yeah and sometimes it's hard to like listen to like unsolicited uh, you know opinions on what how you should raise your kid or parenting or or relationship goals but we specifically asked them for it so they were candid enough to to talk to us about some of their guidelines and things they they go by that's really helped their relationship yeah, they also had a nurse that they told us about that gave them some like gold advice that I can't wait for you guys to hear because it's just it's so incredible. And if you're pregnant um, or, you know, trying to conceive, this is something to keep in mind, you know, when that after the the arrival of, of your little one, um, some good, solid advice. Kudos to that nurse. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Yeah, we actually have a kind of a story of our own um you know, with I with our oldest birth and a nurse that gave us not so good advice. Oh, so God. She it's was terrible. <laughs> she, was she was bad. Terrible. 
So it's good to hear like there's other nurses out there giving that solid advice and and we'll kind of we'll go into our story a little bit more in, in a later episode but Are you referring to the vitamin K shot? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, the talk, oh. you know, weaponizing our our infant child yeah. as to make the right choice. So. Yeah, that's always fun. That's always fun. Yeah. But um, super excited for Steve Marissa's uh interview and I hope we hope you guys like it. Yeah. 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 Enjoy. Well, we know your love story, but it's so cute. And I think you guys should share it, like how you guys met and, you know, bring us up to speed. Sure. So um, Steve and I met on a blind date. We got set up by a coworker who was actually a coworker of both of us, which was funny. Um, so Steve oh, I don't think I knew that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Steve's in healthcare. And then when I first moved here, um, I worked at the Pottery Barn. And she worked at the Pottery Barn like one or two weekends a month for the discount. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> but her regular job was with Steve. And so she came up to me one day and she was like, hey, Marissa, are you seeing anyone? And I was like, Julie, you're married. Um, but <laughs> it's like, no, I want to set you up with this guy who I know from work. And she said, even if it's not a love connection, I think you guys would really hit it off. And so I want you to meet. And, uh, so we did, we met on a blind date. She told us nothing about each other. I think she gave you the same speech that she, yep, she gave me no information. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, we hit it off and we got married six months later. Nice. When you guys were when you guys were meeting up, did you like did did they give you did she give you each other's phone numbers or did you just she she picked oh. the place to go to? We didn't have each other's contact information or anything. Yeah, we were just meeting at a restaurant. It was on kind of set up as a group date, so she had got a whole bunch of other random friends together and was like, "Oh, I want you guys to meet, and I'll bring some other friends, so it's not awkward." And it was awkward. <laughs> <laughs> because they all knew that this was our first time meeting and she wanted to set us up and so it was like we were having a blind date in front of an audience right everyone's like (laughs) we were the the panel right they got their little score cards out (laughs) eating popcorn yeah yep so but uh yeah we got married six months to the day from the night that we met so nice yeah yeah i would say i would say there was a connection there yeah yeah and here we are nine years later so yeah dang crazy nine years all right i know yeah Yeah, our anniversary is in two weeks Mm -hmm. yeah congratulations yeah so it's gonna be 10 10 coming up or is it nine coming up nine coming up okay yeah awesome well um i'm curious since this is about like relationships after baby how I'm I'm always so interested of how couples decide to have children. Like, do you talk, did you talk about it first or was it like a, oh, we're pregnant or was there an expectation or? We, well, we had always talked about, well, do we want to have kids? And I think both of us had um, thoughts. Yes, at some point we do, but we got married so quickly after we met that um, our joke was, whenever anybody asked do you guys plan on having kids and we'd always just say well we just met we're trying we just want to get to know each other (laughs) slow down slow your roll guys yeah Uh, 
<laughs> um, but yeah, I think, I mean, we had always talked about, yeah, at some point we want to have kids, but honestly we did. We wanted to just kind of live life as a married couple for a while too. And nice. really kind of build on that foundation and have our fun as, uh, just the two of us for a little while. Yeah. 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 And when we first got married, kind of the conversation was, we'll wait like three to five years to have kids. And on our five-year anniversary, we went out to a restaurant and I was like, we're late on our plan. <laughs> yeah. Do like, should we talk about this? Is that a thing we want? And part of it was because um, when we first got married, I hadn't finished school yet. And so I went back to school like a month before our one-year anniversary to finish my undergrad. And so that was two years. And then I decided to do a master's program. So I was in school for four years of our marriage. And then when I finished my master's degree, we were like, well, you know, do we want to have kids right away or should I work in my career for a little bit? And so that was certainly a part of the discussion as well. Um, but we, we decided, gosh, what would this have been? 2019, I think. Yeah, it must have been 2019 in the fall that I went off birth control and we were just going to like play it by ear and see what happened. Mm -hmm. We weren't going to like, um, you know, keep track, track on an app or do the Take like your temperature every morning. Exactly. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> like all the things that um, so people have to do sometimes to get pregnant. Um, we were just going to kind of wait and see because, you know, we were still young at that time and um we weren't in a big hurry. And I think we, um, it was probably January of 2021, where I had been working at home by myself during the pandemic for almost a solid year. And Steve never worked remotely. Um, and so he would go to work every day and I would sit and talk to my computer all day and feel like a crazy person. <laughs> and go on social media and watch all these families that were having all this quality time together and think like, if we're going to do it now is the time. Like yeah. if we miss this window to have that much quality time with our kid, we're going to be kicking ourselves. And so I joke that I just got too lonely and I wanted yeah. a friend. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's when I, because up until that point, Steve was kind of like, I'm ready whenever, like, it, you know, you decide when you're ready, which was both to me, like a gift and also mean because <laughs> it was on my timeline, but then it was up to me. It felt like, you right. know, okay. So like, you just let me know when your womb is available. <laughs> Vacancy. <laughs> so, which also felt like if, if we wind up waiting too long or whatever, that would be my fault. And then there would be regrets. Um, but you know, you don't actually talk about any of those things. That's all internal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the spoken part of the decision to have a kid was at the beginning of our relationship. Okay, wait three to five years. And then it had been five years and we were like, well, maybe we should jump on that, I guess. And so we kind of just waited around until I finally felt like, okay, yeah, I, this is the thing I want to do. But I also was terrified <laughs> of having kids yeah. Yeah. physically. Like it was scary to me. And I, I never was one of those people who you know, I feel like you hear these people of all genders, right? Who like want to be parents and that's like their life's goal. And that 
I just always assumed I'd have kids, but I was never like, my life won't be fulfilling until I'm a parent. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I was also sort of in this place where I was like, well, could I be fulfilled if we never have kids? Mm. Because I think the cultural conversation a lot of times is it's a pain in the ass. It's so much money. You're going to hate it. (laughs) And so, and I think as a millennial too, there's this sort of, I don't know, like camaraderie almost around people who are waiting so long to get married and have kids and do all these things that our parents did. And we're like, quote unquote, doing it the right way because we're not idiots. Um, (laughs) But also like you do it a little bit differently than what was modeled for you. Mm -hmm. And so there's a lot of mystery that happens there as well. So anyway. Well, and just, just like what you explained in the beginning, you took your time to get to know each other and you wanted to become friends before you go into this huge chain um something very similar to our our history is like we just wanted to like have be friends and experience life before kids because we know it's just going to be such a change totally so, friends with benefits that's right <laughs> <laughs> yeah so now you have little baby cc yeah yeah and she's she's gonna be 11 months oh. next week yeah. she's adorable yes for sure <laughs> yeah, we think so I I was also really worried that we were going to have a dud. A dud? <laughs> a dud. Yeah. I was like, like, what if she can't keep up with uh, our humor? Yeah. Or... <laughs> what if she has no sense of humor? What if she's not as cute as other babies? What if she is like, because Steve and I, we're kind of, you know, we like to go out and be with friends and do silly things and go to concerts and play trivia and stuff like that. And I was like, what if she's just like a jock? <laughs> <laughs> what are we going to do with that? I would, assume, I would assume your priorities would change then yeah that's true <laughs> well yeah knowing what I know now that is correct but at the time you know when you only have sort of yourself to think about and before the the, the baby in your body is real so to speak it like a lot of things go through your mind I feel like about like oh how is this What's gonna this change our life be like yeah, yeah. We're, what was the biggest I guess, relationship hurdle that you experience either during pregnancy or maybe trying to conceive pregnancy or post CC being born? I don't know if it's the biggest, but one hurdle that has been kind of a challenge, at least from, from my perspective, is making sure that we take time to take care of ourselves and each other, especially in the early or months, probably the first five or six months. It just seemed like taking care of CC was the like the prime focus and kind of the marathon thing and then you'd go days and be like oh you know what I need to take a shower <laughs> or yeah take a shower. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah you you kind of put a lot of your own priorities to the side a little bit um sometimes to a fault I think and mm-hmm. so I think finding that balance trying to and I think we're still trying to figure that out a little bit too yeah big time like I saw a meme earlier this week that I sent to Steve because it was so accurate it was this thing that said that you like apologize to your partner for asking for permission to do regular things after you have a kid like (laughs) yeah is it okay with you if I take a shower like it's the most absurd (laughs) question (laughs) Mm -hmm. but that really is how you feel you're sort of like I know that it's like this is gonna put more pressure on you or like it's more than just I'm gonna leave the room now it's like you're responsible for this other thing do you have time to accommodate this while I go and take care of myself so mm-hmm. weird. yeah 
Yeah, we definitely experienced that with like self-care stuff of like going to the gym, you know, that was a big, yeah. that was a big ask. And I think we had a lot of feelings around like guilt. Guilt was a big one. Of ugh. I remember having several conversations about it. Like, yeah. hey, this, just to let you know, when you ask me this, like my answer is always going to be yes. It's always going to be take care of yourself. It's always going to be this because I want that too. When I ask you that, I want that same response. And so it took us conversations to have to have an understanding <laughs> yeah but to your point Aaron like there would be times where when Cece was super tiny and we were breastfeeding and we are still breastfeeding which you know <laughs> is its own thing but um where Steve would like she was you know two or three months old and it was the winter so Steve wants to go skiing which is like that's an all-day thing so I'm with the baby all day now mm-hmm. and he of course would be like well is this okay with you and from that same place of yeah, yes, because when I want to do a thing, I want you to say yes and not guilt me over it. Like, I want this to be a relationship where we take care of ourselves. And in addition to that, in addition to like the basic things of brush your teeth, take a shower, like go do things with your friends, go do things that are fulfilling to you that make you feel human, like working out, like going skiing, like going to, you know, happy hour, whatever it is. But I don't want to hear guff later <laughs> when I want to do that. And so, yeah, absolutely. I, I want you to go and do those yeah. things. But it, it's still, it is interesting though, even though you have that conversation and you have that understanding, tell me, Steve, you don't come home after skiing all day and have that guilt. <laughs> oh, definitely. Like, yeah. Oh man, I was gone a long time today. Are you mad at me? <laughs> <laughs> You're like, man, I'm so sore from skiing. I need to go take a bath. <laughs> yeah. I brought you a snowball. I'm gonna turn in early, so uh, you good putting her down to bed? It's a long day. <laughs> a long day of skiing. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna turn in. What do you feel like has changed from before having baby to now, as far as like your relationship goes? Everything and nothing. Yeah. <laughs> like, is that? I don't know if that's a common experience. I feel like everything's different, but we also have such a solid foundation that it's it hasn't been unmanageable, I guess, is really the best way to put it. Like, nothing's the same, but we're still who we were and who we continue to be. And in fact, I think the thing that's been something I did not expect that's been really cool is watching Steve be a parent Mm -hmm. has been one of my favorite things about this experience because he's just so good at it. (laughs) Like, He's sweet and thoughtful and caring and yes, he's giving himself props right now. (laughs) But like, honestly, like watching him do that has, I think it's made us stronger. um, And it's been a really cool thing to watch because I, you know, we've been together nine years now. And so I think sometimes you get to a point in your relationship where like, you're comfortable. Like, oh yeah, we, we get each other. Like, I, I kind of know what you're going to order at dinner. I kind of know how you're going to respond to this thing that someone said, but then being a parent, oh, the whole new ball game, <laughs> a lot of those things, but at the same time, it's still him, you know? Mm-hmm. Do you find that, I mean, everyone has extended family pressures, right? And sometimes that gets, gets a little heavier when you have babies, right? And, and so do you feel like the roots that you guys had together before CC has helped you with those struggles? Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. our family sure want to see it a heck of a lot more. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, now you're interested. <laughs> no, I mean, I, we, we spent a good amount of time with both of our families 
before having a kid, but certainly after that, we've seen a lot more (laughs) of our parents in particular, which has been really cool, but also it's a lot, it's different. Um, And what is required from us to make that happen, even if like they're coming to us, right? Yeah. It's a lot of work still to be like, okay, what's the schedule? What's this going to look like? And you sort of have to plan out like, okay, if they're coming over for three hours, when does CC nap and when do we eat? And when, <laughs> when, when do we give them the attention that they feel like they need? And how are we going to sort of sh- trade shifts? Like whose parents are coming so that you can get quality time with them while I'm taking care of the babe, whatever. Yeah. It's a lot more logistics, mm-hmm. I feel like, but um, I think the foundation that we've been able to build pre-CC mm-hmm. has been key for that because I think our communication has been a pretty good through that for the most part I think I don't think there's like unspoken expectations or things that get uh like well I I expected you to do that you know like that sort of stuff I think we're able to kind of communicate like what each of each of us need mm. Uh, certain points well and I think part of that comes down to like when we first got married we had these sort of rules for our relationship one of which was the way that our love is going to work is that I'm going to take care of you and you're going to take care of me and then we're both taken care of Mm -hmm. but it's not going to be me 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 and then when I have time I take care of you like you're my priority but also knowing that I'm your priority Mm -hmm. and the other one is that if we feel uneasy about something or like we don't want to talk about it that's our cue that immediately we do need to talk about it like we don't hide things like if you if you feel that compulsion of like ugh, (laughs) (laughs) I don't want you to know this or I don't want to talk about this that's our cue to be like nope we have to have a discussion and it almost it almost always goes way better yeah I feel like it's going to which is why I don't want to have the discussion right I feel like it's going to go badly or I'm going to be judged or whatever and that it's almost never what happens right but it's that internal dialogue that's like, well, this is getting real bad. So because, <laughs> because of those sort of rules of our relationship that we started out with, those have carried through. Um, it's been harder, <laughs> yeah, but I think that's still the core of what we what we're after with this. And certainly, having a kid has tested that. But also, as you mentioned, Aaron, having our families be a lot more involved, you know, with usually little notice um (laughs) has really tested that um and so I don't want it to come across like we have this fucking figured out we never fight anymore everything's great having a kid was the best decision ever like it's it has been a lot of work Mm. um but it's not what I expected it to be like I still like it (laughs) I I expect <laughs> I expect you to hate it and I don't so that's good <laughs> yeah yeah I love those rules that's really awesome yeah because if you if you're that second rule if you're nagging about or nagging it in your head like thinking it mulling it over then you create this story this narrative and then you have this like big fight in your head <laughs> if you don't talk about it so yeah, yeah. like we've already fought about it before I even bring it up it seems like <laughs> What? Yeah, I won. yeah. <laughs> what just happened <laughs> no, what? Yeah. nice yeah it's amazing how having a kid <laughs> she just changes the, just the different um dynamics between groups that you've dealt with for years you know like we could have probably a whole another episode on just extended family but the 
it's so interesting, like before kids, how you interacted with that ex extended family and then post kids, you know, and then, and then how does that change your relationship together and how you are as kind of a team going into these different situations? So totally. Yeah. Well, and the thing that I keep thinking is that like, we're still new at this. Mm -hmm. She's not even a year old yet. Like what is going to come into play when she starts saying things? <laughs> Yeah, she's not walking or talking yet. So yeah, yeah, those like <laughs> big milestones coming up. My nightmare is that I flippantly say something about someone that I didn't realize she overheard, and then she's like, "Oh well, my mom said." Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Kids are fun. Yeah, yeah. Really honest. <laughs> yeah. Did you did you guys have any um, like messages from family of how you should do or what you should do or advice about relationships between the two of you that was either like just not true or didn't work for you or poor spot on. Yeah. <laughs> so the first thing that came to mind when you asked me that was when we were in the hospital, <clears throat> we hadn't even left. Cece was two days old mm -hmm. <laughs> and we were getting ready to leave. And our nurse was magnificent. She was just wonderful. And she said, all right, you two in two weeks, I need you to get a babysitter, whether that's one of your parents or a neighbor or whoever, get a baby in two weeks, get a babysitter and leave the house without the baby and hold each other's hands and have a conversation. Mm. She was like, because it is so easy to just get wrapped up in the babe. And then six months to a year later, you're like, oh yeah, you're still here. Yeah. <laughs> that's great advice. So, yeah. so set that up now that you do that. And we did. My mom was visiting, I think. And she was like, even if you don't, you know, go on a proper date, if you just go on a walk and hold each other's hands, that is enough. Yeah. But remember that you still exist and you need each other. And mm -hmm. so we did. And um, I think we went to like Music Millennium or something. And yeah. we were in the car. <laughs> we went and got hot chocolate yeah. afterwards. And we're driving there and Steve looks at me and he's like, how you doing? And I was fighting back tears because you're just like so goddamn emotional yeah. <laughs> you have a baby and I was like this is harder than I thought it was gonna be <laughs> but it was nice to have that conversation without a child on my lap you know what I mean and just like not have to have to feel to have to feel the guilt of saying that in front of her we but, tried you know especially in those early months to do a couple things like that but it was so hard because of the pandemic like yeah who yeah. was willing to go through all of the things that we needed to have them go through to be around our baby not very much yeah. you know whether it was willing or even capable I guess is irrelevant but um it wasn't until this past month where we had a babysitter over the summer who I asked I was like would you come twice a month mm -hmm. um, in the evening after work to watch her and put her to bed so that Steve and I can have a date night at least twice a month mm -hmm. and we've done it I think three Twice? times now three three times now yeah and it has just been so freeing to know that like we this is a thing we can count on yeah that we have this regular thing that if you know I forget to tell him whatever like every other Friday <laughs> we have our date night and we'll have just a couple hours just the two of us and it was really funny because we used to tease um Steve's sister and her husband because when we would watch their kids before we had kids they would go out like, like we'd watch the kids for a weekend or something. I remember we did this one time. They went away for the weekend and they left at like, I don't know, 3 p.m. on Saturday and they were back by 1 p.m. on Sunday. Oh my and gosh. You guys, you didn't leave for 24 hours. Like, <laughs> right. 
and they would come back and their kids were older at this time um I think the youngest was probably you know two (laughs) um and they were like well we missed the kids and I was like we're never gonna be those parents (laughs) (laughs) stupid me of course you're gonna miss your kids like (laughs) but I just figured like well I don't miss your kids well of course I don't they're not mine but yeah but anyways I I digress a little bit so the other night we went on our date night and we went to dinner and it was great and it was so delicious and we're like okay let's go home it's been such a long week I'm I'm exhausted and we looked at the clock it only been an hour and a half (laughs) (laughs) 8 p.m and I was like we cannot walk in the house (laughs) no waste of a babysitter's time exactly so we went to Trader Joe's. We got groceries. <laughs> <laughs> we went to grocery shopping. On our- <laughs> nice. But to be honest, you know, just the break in the schedule, right? Like you talked about your time management. Like, oh, we we start the bedtime process here, and we're gonna feed them this, and we gotta do this and this and this. But just getting that break, no matter what you're doing, mm-hmm. yeah, such a huge uh, relief. You know. Yeah, my family's not typically one to offer unsolicited advice i mean i think i think there's been points throughout the last 10 months that i've you know asked my parents questions or something but um, nothing's really been unsolicited which has been nice because usually when that's the case i just ignore it anyway Mm -hmm. (laughs) because i'm kind of stubborn like that but and also not nice because your dad is a doctor and so there have been times where i have wanted his advice because like, you know, since he had a oh, fever yeah. or the sniffles or a weird rash or whatever. And he's like, yeah, can you tell me? So it kind of goes the other way as far as unsolicited advice. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like he's, she's got the sniffles. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you want me to tell you what to do? <laughs> um, the one piece of advice we got from so many people that I, after the fact, wanted to punch every single one of them was when they were like, uh, sleep when your baby sleeps. Oh yeah, God. Yeah. <laughs> it's so rude. Don't say that to people. It's so yeah. rude because it's like <laughs> I was explaining to one of my girlfriends recently who doesn't have kids. She's like, so tell me, like, what is the schedule like? And I was like, well, when they're teeny tiny, they have to eat every two to three hours. But what they don't tell you is it takes almost an hour to nurse them, at yeah. least it did for me. And then you have to put them to sleep. Mm-hmm. And usually like probably change a diaper or two, right? Mm-hmm. So now we're for sure into like an hour, hour and a half territory. And then you probably have to eat something or maybe you have to pee. Which, or clean something or. <laughs> which since we had a vaginal birth, like going to the bathroom is even a whole fucking, you know, yeah. <laughs> production. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then, you know, maybe I have to shower and then by the time that's all done, she's awake again to and nurse. To yeah. And so it, this like sleep when they sleep, it's such a fucking crack of bullshit. Like it, yeah. it's so mean. <laughs> yeah. It's almost like you shouldn't be tired because you can just sleep when they sleep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, it's the attitude behind it of like, it's fine. You'll be fine. I always hated it when I was like fully mm-hmm. pregnant about to burst and everyone, or I would get the advice of like, well, get sleep now because oh yeah i hated that like, one too oh that so i just like a lot and you're <laughs> yeah. so comfortable you can just lay down and yeah. feel slumber yeah yeah, yeah. Yep. let me just store it like a battery pack for later that makes sense yeah well mm-hmm. and i don't know if this happened to you miranda but i had insomnia in my third trimester so <laughs> i was like i already cannot like physically yeah. it's uncomfortable but then my brain's too awake 
So mm. I was sleeping like maybe five hours a night. Yeah. Anyway. Well, shout out to that nurse who gave you that advice. It's great advice. I think it seems like a, a great, like s- standard base, you know? Yeah. Cause I mean, people don't check in about their relationship. You know, I had one midwife in a, mm-hmm. like a appointment afterwards. She's like, how are you feeling? How's, how's the baby? And she's like, and how are you and your husband? I was like, ah, oh, well, thank you for asking. What about that? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And you need those reminders to check in on each other. I think I've been having this thought recently about, wow. So we've been focusing on just, you know, keeping her alive and keeping her happy and that sort of stuff. But there's a point where we need to start teaching her right from wrong kind of things and uh, what's okay behavior and what's not appropriate. And you don't bite other people and like those sorts of things. <laughs> they'll they'll yeah. test your boundaries. So where do your, how are your raises? Right, they test. So like there's early on, there's not really any, you're not disciplining your baby because you're just trying to keep them fed and clean and that sort of thing. But at some point where that transition of how do you create those boundaries with, you know, like help, help them kind of learn the, that piece. That's yeah. something we've noticed in ourselves of like difference of parenting styles and how that affects our relationship. Um, sure. It's a challenge for sure. Yeah. But do you guys foresee any like fundamental differences that you guys have that could be a potential challenge? Well, I remember that before we had kids, my joke with Steve was always that he needed to work on his patience because I I was like, if we're going to have kids, I refuse to be the only patient parent <laughs> in this relationship. Like, <laughs> nope, not doing it because I grew up in that kind of a household and it was just always tense. Like someone's someone's gonna blow a fuse and you never know when. And so I was like, we're not doing that. But I never expressed that that was why. I just would always tease them about like, okay, you need to work on your patience, pal. (laughs) I'm not gonna be the only patient parent around here. We both grew up in houses where spanking was a punishment. Mm -hmm. And so I think we always kind of assumed that that would be a thing that we would do, but I don't know that it is now. Yeah, right. Um, so that's, you know, a discussion to come down the road. A lot of the discipline in my family happened from my mom again, again, because of this patient thing, but I don't know that that was necessarily the way that Steve grew up. It will be interesting. I think to see what patterns we fall into because of how we were raised and when those become like a thing that we actually notice (laughs) instead of a thing that we just do, there will probably be a lot of discussions about that. Yeah. I imagine there will be things that kind of come up with well, this is how I, this is what was modeled to me or, you know, probably things that we're not even aware of. Yeah. It's funny. Like when you think you've got things figured out and like your kids will do something and then it'll like, you'll have this reaction of like, like a strong reaction of either, oh my gosh, they can't do that. Um, or, you know, new, you're like, where did that come from? Where's, <laughs> why am I so responsive? <laughs> why am I re- reacting this What's way? <laughs> yeah. A lot of internal yeah. uh, patterns that you grew up with as, a, as you yourself as a child that come to surface. You know, Cece's going to see the two of you guys prioritize your relationship by continuing to make it a, a priority and <laughs> by week, by monthly date nights. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hope so. I hope that's the thing that we get to keep going. Yeah. I think it's a little easier now because she's tiny, right? She's not in sports, <laughs> right? Or she's not like 
you know, in the school play or things like that. Like I, I, I see these families with older kids and I'm always blown away with how they make time for their family because mm-hmm. it seems like you are just constantly shuttling yourselves from one place to the other for whoever's activity or this birthday party, or if, you know, God forbid the parents want to do something. <laughs> and then the sort of like trifecta of, can we also find a sitter who's available, who's in our budget, who <laughs> jives with our family? Like that's a lot of things to be able to get right, to have regular time to check in, you know? Not that you yeah. can't check in when you're at home. It just feels a lot easier to do it when your kid's not in your face needing you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, agreed. Mm-hmm. And by the time you get them to sleep and you're exhausted at the end of the day, <laughs> you're like, hey, so let's chat. Good night. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just tired. Well, yeah. do you have like one piece of advice for, even though like, you know, people don't like unsolicited advice, but let's just say that. <laughs> um you know for new parents or people who are about to be parents about their relationship uh everyone can do it people Mm -hmm. do it all the time Mm -hmm. and I think we have this idea that you have to be a certain income bracket or a certain type of person or you have all your ducks in a row yeah yeah or what yeah you have to be prepared whatever Mm -hmm. that yeah. And now that we've done it, I'm like, we didn't, what were all these things we were waiting for? Like, <laughs> we had this idea that we had to be a certain thing. Yeah. It was amorphous. We didn't know what it was. It was unspoken. But this sort of like idea of well, at some point we'll get to this magical place and then we'll be ready for kids. Like, yeah. you never we, we, were, we weren't ready anyway. Yeah. Yeah. But we were at the same time. Right. Yeah. So yeah. we just didn't, you don't know what, what you're getting into until you're in it. Yeah. So if you're, waiting for that thing but you want kids don't like it's it's not real just have them and you can do it everybody can do it well I love your relationship rules yeah that's my favorite that's my favorite thing yeah Yeah, it's been pretty instrumental in helping us keep you know healthy relationship and good communication in the first nine years yeah yeah I think that was a big thing for us is we really prioritize communicating well and we started that from the beginning because right before we met each other we had been with people who it was terrible (laughs) the worst just not the right fit not the right communication style just not healthy relationships basically yeah so when we met we were in this place of like hey this is what I'm looking for (laughs) nice yeah if you're not looking for the same thing, that's totally fine. But like, we were very upfront with each other about, which is part of why we were able to get married so quickly Mm -hmm. is because we were so intentional in the beginning about, Hey, this is what we want. And then we were like, well, if, if we figured this out and this is what we want and we match up, then why wait? Yeah. Let's just go ahead and get married. So yeah. Yeah. Plus like Steve wouldn't let me deflower him until we got married. (laughs) (laughs) All the rules. Yeah. very traditional oh one thing I was gonna say was things that so the that rule of I take care of you you take care of me and then everyone's taking care of sort of thing Mm -hmm. that's it's been neat to see that still taking place now Mm -hmm. that we have a baby um just in different ways Mm -hmm. right so because Um, now we're taking care of another human too so it could it could show up with Marissa's getting CC um, breastfeeding her and getting her down to sleep. So I'll take care of 
the dishes or whatever, or mm -hmm. just make sure that the house is in order so that when she's done getting CC down to sleep, then we can be around for each other without having more stuff to be doing. Yeah. So we can still ha kind of have those moments to focus on our relationship as well, mm -hmm. or just have downtime together. Um, one of the things that happens, especially in heterosexual couples after a baby is the, like the roles get really genderized. Did you guys notice that at all? Or did it feel like you were both kind of helping out equally or kind of some shift there? Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, part of it is because, you know, since I am breastfeeding, <laughs> A lot of the that part does fall on me but Steve has also been really great at trying to help out wherever he can you know oh you're a nurse I'll change your diaper sometimes yeah. he'll just go in the fridge and find some <laughs> some milk and do a bottle so that I can sleep a little extra longer or whatever mm -hmm. uh, another layer to that was since I was working remotely and working from home a lot of the like you know meals and stuff would fall on me because I was already here yeah <laughs> So it felt dumb to like wait till Steve got home to be like, you should make, then he would like do the dishes. And so that, I think that's kind of always been part of like an unwritten rule in our relationship is like, if you cook, I'll do the dishes. And if I cook, you'll do the dishes. And yeah. so there's been some equal share as far as that's concerned, but there are some things that they just can't be equal in the way that like our relationship is. Um, it's been interesting to navigate. Yeah. It's been a lot of things like having a baby during a pandemic is an experience oh yeah I know we need to do a whole nother show on that because yeah. when Steve and I first got together you guys had already been together like seven married like seven years and you've mm -hmm. been together for quite some time I remember when I first started coming around <laughs> that I was like man I really like Miranda and Aaron and then because I think the first trip that we all went on together you were already pregnant with Ivy mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so I've got to see you be parents mostly like yeah. in the time that I've known you and I have always told Steve like when we become parents I want to do it like Miranda and Aaron do it like Aww, you're so, so you're so intentional and you're so thoughtful and that's not to say that like you are perfect people and you never screw up because nobody is but yeah. like watching how you embrace your kids humanity and like let them be kids but also you're always like so good about redirecting them or loving on them even when they're being ridiculous like <laughs> oh it's all a show it's performative in front of you guys oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> but we always have talked about how like you guys are relationship goals for us because just, we love watching you parent and we hope that we can <laughs> do it half as good as you guys <laughs> it warms our heart yeah well, vice versa too. Like we, we notice so much with you guys and how you interact with CC, not only like individually, but together as well. It's like, it's fun to watch. I love it. Yeah. Um. Thanks for listening today. Please follow us on Instagram and TikTok at love after lullabies. If you're interested in being on our show, email us at loveafterlullabies at gmail.com and make sure you click and subscribe.